you know, we respond with everything we have on that side of the island. You know, my guys were, no, they were lockstep with me every step of the way, all the way. I mean, we stayed out there all the way to the next morning. My old crew, was, um, their engine burnt, and they, they were one of the guys that, that made it out. They almost, you know, it came to that point. They were texting their family members. That's a part that a lot of people don't see. Our families are dealing with this too. And then on top of that, they're trying to call or, or text and they're getting no response. When I had service, that's when I could actually call. First call was, was to my wife, you know, just, uh, just letting her know. Oh, okay, yeah. And then they'll ask, you know, you know, because I mean, we, you know, no matter where you go, we have different ranking systems, even right. in the, even in the U.S. of A. and in Hawaii, um, also. But you know, we travel over there, and they're like, oh, you know, you you driver, you know, yeah, <laughs> or the captain, you know, whatever yeah. it is, firefighter, you know, and then we then we start sharing, right? So sure, it's one of those things, and um, and just everything that we're doing here too has translated there. So I have um, I have friends there, like in Japan. I'm speaking of that, that are running fundraisers because they know I'm a firefighter, shoboshi in Japan, and so they ask, "Hey, how can we help?" Yeah, we know that you're a firefighter. We know that you have family in Maui, and we know you're from Maui. We know you have family there. How can we help? And so you know they they've stepped up to send money as well. Isn't it incredible how there's no other profession like this? Mm -mm. Right? It, it crosses all cultures, yeah. all continents, uh -huh. every ocean. Right. It's a brotherhood. It's a brotherhood, no matter where you go. It's a brotherhood. It's wild. Yeah. I'm so happy that I became a part of it. Oh, yes. You know, my Definitely. father was a fireman before me. Okay. Um, I'm a legacy firefighter, and yeah. I grew up in it. And, yeah. and, and then really diving in, and I'm almost 30 years now in the fire service, and for me, uh, it's the best thing oh, ever. Man. I mean, it's... It's the highlight of my life, other than my children and my wife. I always say, I tell the guys, especially in recruit class when we're teaching these recruits, I say, stick it out. This is the best job you'll ever have in, your, in the world. It's yeah. the best job in the world. Stick it out. Yeah. Don't let this class bring you down because, you know, recruit class is hard. Our recruit class is very, I'm, I'm sure it's all, all over the world. It's very arduous, right? It's very challenging. Mm -hmm. But I tell them, if you stick it out, the gold is definitely at the end of, the, of this rainbow. Yeah, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna love this job. It's yeah. a lifelong pursuit, right? Like the one thing with the fire service is like you never, you're always pursuing something better, greater, mm -hmm. pushing yeah. yourself further, harder, training more, right? Like we're always pushing ourselves to be better mm -hmm. at our craft, yeah. right? Yeah. There's something about that. Yeah. There's, it's magical because even after retirement, 20, 25 years, 30 years, 35 years, you have people that still want to do more, mm -hmm. be better, still are giving back to the fire service after all those years. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like you see like uh, Chief Amos is, right. a, is a proponent of that, right? Um, one of the things about that is with, with the fire service in general is like how, how well do you want to be? And we have, I mean, you've, you've probably heard this, this term used many of times, right? Uh, oh, that's a 
situational um, dependent, right? Situationally dependent. Yeah. Oh yeah, that this is a, you know it's all it's all situationally dependent because there's no playbook for every call That's right. you're gonna go on. We have a general uh, guideline for it, but there's no playbook for that exact call right that you're going to go on not all the time and so where you always have to be bettering yourself right you always have to try and uh you know gain more knowledge yeah. right you always want to try and be better because you don't ever want to get stagnant you don't ever want to get complacent in your job because that's when people get hurt that's sure when, that's when people get killed that's when the public gets hurt right because then we 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 chose to get complacent so we have that choice to better yourself to increase your training, to increase the knowledge for the job. And as promotions go by, as you get higher, you know, in the higher echelon of things, you start to see that I really need to, to further my knowledge. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you talk about the playbook. Um, they give us a book. Here's right. your standard operating guidelines, your yes. policy procedures. And then we hit the street. And all of that guides us to the decisions we must make, mm -hmm. but we still have to make the decisions that are important for that situation. Yes. So we need people to take initiative based on their training, uh -huh. their experience, right? right? And so on. And so I have to ask, part of it here, I mean, I spent the last day and a half driving around Maui, right? We went up country, we've been down in the coast, down in Lahaina, um, just there's such a, a varying range of um, topography, mm -hmm. the the neighborhoods are very different. Driving yes. up here is very different than where we were down by the coast, uh -huh. right? Yeah. And so on. So there is a lot of thinking on your feet when you're a firefighter in Maui. Oh, definitely. That's one of the most surprising <laughs> things for a lot of um, firefighters that come here, right? right? And they look at our trucks. Yeah. And they, and they come and say, "Oh, well, you know, what do you guys carry on this?" Sure. We carry everything. Everything. You know, we call, we say Malka to Makai, right? From from the mountain to the ocean, you we have to be ready for everything because in almost in almost every district, you have mountain calls to ocean calls. Yeah. Right. So you'll see, of course, um, you know, the the coastal stations you know you'll see a surfboard on, on the engines and yep. that always catches firemen gets the like, conversation man, man, going right that's awesome yeah you yeah, yeah. A surfboard on your engine i would never have seen that right i'm from new york i don't see yep. you don't see a surfboard on the right. engines um and you know during you know during some of these fires we had a smaller fire um kind of ignite maybe um was it three, two days Two days after the uh, the the main fire, the large on, fire, yeah, the large fire in August, and um, we had some San Francisco guys come out. Some some local guys, a local guy, he's a he's a captain there in San Fran. Uh, he came down. They bought a bunch of their crew. They just came down to help. You know, and talking about the brotherhood. Sure. Right? They flew down on their own dime. They bought their equipment. They like just put us wherever wherever you want us. And you know, uh, so they went and helped out at some of the distribution centers. Well, anyway, we get this call in uh, Kanapali. Uh, large brush fire starting up and these guys show up with their gear their yellow jackets i mean they got their wildland gear they got their ready to go on, ready to go some don't have wildland helmets and that was that was again a, that conversation starter sure because we started laughing because some have never fought a wildland fire in their sure, life sure right know, they're, they're like, structural they're like, fire right. city man, of san francisco man i'm a you know i'm a townie <laughs> you know we right. don't we don't fight structure right. we don't fight wildland yeah, I was like, yeah. oh wow that's that's for us we we don't know anything else yeah, but to be able to yeah you, like you said we gotta go in uh you know lost hiker you know down to uh ocean you know um ocean rescue yeah 
down to wildland, down to structural firefighting, down to high rise, you know, uh, whatever it may be. So we have to be prepared. So our trucks are loaded with everything, you know, and, and more of recent times, our engines have been um, getting more spacious to where we can have a lot more storage. So we yeah. can put, we can make sure we have everything on every call that we go to. But yeah, that was a fun conversation. Just talking with some of them. They were awesome, man. Those guys, those San Fran guys, they came out. You know, just went right, right sure. to work. They said, "Put us to work." And I said, "This is awesome." Okay, grab a line, get to work. Yeah, you know? I, it, I mean, that's that brotherhood that we talk about, right? Uh, and, and truthfully, that's kind of what brought us here. Um, how I got in touch with Chief Amos was um, through a mutual friend who said he's the guy you need to talk to because, for myself, so many miles away, you know, we're hearing all these stories and we're seeing all this footage, and it's coming from the mainstream media, and I don't know how much of it is truth. Yeah. how much of it is embellished, yeah. uh, I, d I don't know. And mm -hmm. so when I reached out, I said, I really am interested in, in hearing the real story because a lot of money is being raised, people are fundraising, and it's like, well, where is that going and what is it doing, right? Mm -hmm. So for us, with our platform, it was important with National Fire Radio to reach out. Um, we have that ability in a very large community where we can, we can really tell the stories and the truth of what's happening. And, um, and that's what brought us here. Well, Jeremy, I think what, what you mentioned right there is just made so much sense. This is what I tell people who are who are asking questions, especially on social media. Right. And I'm talking from from just a regular person yep. uh, down to politicians. Sure. I say, if you want to know, calm down. Sure. If you want to know, fly down. I say, oh, because we're hearing all of this. I said, I know you're hearing it, but if you want a true source, then talk to someone who was there. That's right. You know, and I, and I share that. I share that openly because, you know, there's a lot of misinformation and disinformation that's going out, right? And so I, I, I try to just correct as much as I can without getting into spats sure. on social media. Yeah, of course. Um, but I'll message some of my friends and just kind of share that story with them. I say, hey, no, that's not what happened. Right. Oh, but, it, you know, they're saying, I go, I know what they're saying. Sure. You know, but that's not what happened. Sure. Um, I'm telling you. And, wow, you know, and a funny story again, you know, firemen, we always have funny stories. Um, I, was at a, I was at the airport one day and I was having a conversation with a friend and this guy interjected. He said, I don't mean to interject as he interjected. As he interjected, yeah. And, <laughs> and he went off. He, he didn't, so my, he doesn't know who I am. I don't know who he is. And he goes, you know, let's just go over some of the facts. The facts, the water was shot off. Here's the facts, this. And I said, okay, let me stop you right there. I said the water wasn't shut off, and so he started to go. And I, I, I I'm not going to question his. That's right. His. Um, You're not going to win an argument. It's not. Well, a, I'm not going to question him. But it, what, right. he, what he said was, "Oh, well, I, I'm, I'm Cal Fire." And I said, "Oh, that's awesome. I'm Maui Fire," right. and I was there that night. Right. And. You know, it kind of stumped him at that point because you know you never think that you're going to get into that conversation with someone that was actually there. That's right. In the airport, right? That's right. So I'm so I'm here to set that straight. That's not what happened. Well, how do you explain it? I said, well, none of my hydrants were dry. However, I know that, yes, the hydrant system did go down, um, but it could be numerous amount of reasons Absolutely. why. I mean, how many structures, commercial buildings, you know, and everything. And so I'm not going to elude into how that happened. That's going to be investigated. But I can just tell you right now, no one physically turned it off. Right. That's not what happened. Right. Oh, okay. And then, you know, he tried to, he went, went into some other different areas. But, like, it's just stuff like that kind of just kind of shutting it down right now. What is, what is that, how do you, your guys, the women, the men on the, on, on the Maui Fire Department, because this has become such a, a hotly talked about mm -hmm. conversation, uh, what's happened here, 
when you have a this is your home turf yeah. i mean this is this is your place your yeah. town you work here you're a firefighter in the communities that you grew up in that you take part in and that you are part of and then you hear a lot of misinformation things coming out where people are saying one thing and you know for a fact it's other does that diminish or does that hurt your spirit like what how do you feel about that it's it's got to be hard because everybody's protective of their home mm-hmm. right and so i got to i got to believe that that's difficult to to be able to have a conversation with an individual like that where they're already coming in with these ideas and notions uh-huh. that they have i know what happened here uh-huh. you know i'm yeah. believing everything that i'm reading and hearing meanwhile it's it it might not be the case oh i have no problem debunking those kinds of things and, and my thing and I've, i i share this openly with my crew with my family it's you have to share from a place of, of factual knowledge right and so you have to share you can't it's not what it's not my thoughts versus your thoughts this is my facts yeah. versus what you assume to be facts right and and if i have that um that knowledge that background knowledge if i have actual knowledge of it sure. then then i can go ahead you and share that but it doesn't come from a place of pride either it doesn't come from a place of i know better than you it's come from from a place of just sharing information you know we have something in our church we always say just being uh, humble first and honest open transparent and accountable and so if you follow those things you start to you humble yourself so that you don't feel offense right so i'm not offended if you come at, come at me with with this is what you know you guys so i'm not going to be offended first i'm going to humble myself and not be offended to that then i'm going to just be honest with you of everything i'm going to be openly and transparent and then i'm going to be accountable to what we did and um i relay this to my crew all the time that i have 100% confidence in everything we did that day um our response time how fast we got lines out and how quickly we moved on that fire yeah um what what the variable is and that will always be is the weather absolutely that's the one variable we can't control we have no control over not even one bit there's no way you can block wind right there's no way you can set up to block 80 to 100 mile an hour winds and and I tell people when you drive out to Lahaina you see some of those signs that are bent over that's not bent over because somebody hit it those signs are bent 45 degrees some almost 90 degrees over yeah. from the wind yeah. the wind bent that sign what wind have you ever seen that does that yeah well it was hurricane force winds right so yes. so take me to that day if you if you can um take me to that morning and and leading up to the valiant efforts of all you and your comrades i mean this is mm-hmm. it's a tough conversation i can only imagine it you know it it is because you don't wake up thinking that that day whatever happened right and now you wake up wishing that they didn't happen yeah um and so you know that day we woke up it was a it was pretty windy already we had the right. red flag warnings So we we already knew coming on shift that day. Hey, it's going to be a busy day. Um well, prior to that. So waking up uh that morning to start shift. Um we're actually already up early because there's already a fire starting up Kula. Right? A, a huge fire in um in in Kula or in Olinda. Okay. And so a lot of the <coughs> units are dealing with that. So, okay. Okay. The day has already started and literally, you know, in the we in the early mornings, right? 
And so we're heading to Lahaina and um, another fire starts. Um, it's not as windy on that side. Um, that is the leeward side of the island. So it's not as windy on that side right now. Um, we, I passed the fire on, on the way to work. Okay. And um, the guys have it. And vegetation fires are not uncommon. It's not uncommon, okay. especially in Lahaina too. Especially on those drier sides of the island. Yeah. You can see the island. Uh, Lahaina, Kihei, Ma'alaya. Those, you see how brown it gets. Um, so that's, that's nothing unusual. And so we, we pass it, the guys have it surrounded, they knock it down, it's okay, it's gonna be not a problem. We'll get in, we'll swap out with the crew, and um, let's get our day started. Sure. Um, so, you know, we get on, we swap out, we cover the rest of the district for the day, and um, the Lahaina crews are just working on that one. Um, they just keep on working on it, because we just wanna make sure we secure it, we get dozers, we get everybody sure. coming in, um, you know, doing our process. Right? We actually go above and beyond our process just because of the wind and of the, the conditions. Yeah, yeah, the conditions, that's it's all conditions driven. Sure. Um, meanwhile, on the other side of the island, on this side, in central and in upcountry, it's, it's popping off right now. It's going off. Kula's still going, Kahului starts starting, Kihei starts fire, so and so. So these are multiple fires multiple in different fires. locations yes. that are happening. And so now all of our resources are being exhausted. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely all of them, right? It, an island. Yeah. You only have so many resources. Exactly. We, we, we don't have the That's luxury right. of, of bringing in. Keep bringing in more, bringing in more, more units, resources. Right? We, we don't have that luxury. Right. Um, so because of that, you know, um, we have what we have. We call back all a bunch of our crews. But even that, you know, uh, we, we're going we're gonna to utilize every truck we have, anything we have, you know. Uh, using whoever, DOFA, uh, Department of Forestry, uh, ARF. You know, we, we bring out the airport fire trucks yep. too. You know, we, we, we bring them all out. Like everybody, all hands on deck, let's yep. do it. And we have great private uh, public partnerships here. So we have a lot of the private tankers that come on and help us, water tenders. Sure. And so we're using everybody. And um, then the line of fire starts, right? And so, you know, we respond with everything we have on that side of the island at the time. And um, again, we get on and we already know there's, a, there's an afternoon shift in wind. And it was right on time, right? Right, right around that three o'clock hour, the afternoon shift happened. And all of a sudden this wind started honking. Yeah. Started blowing. I mean, we got there, it, it, um, it almost ripped a door off of our wildland truck. Wow. Yeah, caused damage uh, right, right when we got on scene. You know, and it was already moving. We got our lines out, extended out, um, pretty much surrounded it, and, and got got an initial knockdown. And so that was promising. That was this really was an unpopulated area. Was this more it was, vegetation? It was, no, it, it was all vegetation, but it's right next to the housing. So um, you know, Wui wild, Wildland Urban Interface. Mm -hmm. And so we started it there, got it surrounded, and again we cut dozer lines around yeah. this whole area. So. It was good. You know, it's at least contained. Sure. But the variable kicked in. The 80 mile an hour winds kicked in, right? And this gust came. And when that gust came and just blew through that, that area where we're in, which, which is a ravine, and it just kicked up all these embers, and then that's when it started the first spot. And then it ran after that. And in, in minutes, I mean, in minutes, we've never seen 
I mean, we've de dealt with wild brush fires sure. um, in, in, in pretty high winds. Nothing like this. I mean, in minutes, we were getting reports from the central dispatch office that it's, it's at the park, it's on a house, it's on two houses, it's on four houses, right? And we're, we're, we just cut our lines and left. We just left our lines in place and went to reposition to start structural protection. And we get there and we're seeing it just, just hop from house to house in, in, in minutes, yeah. you know, before we can. I mean, we're trying to set up and, and it's hopping. It's on one house. It's on the next, next house, right? And we're, we're firemen, so we know what a standard, uh, standard package is for one residential structure fire. Um, but now you're dealing with four, then eight, then 16, I mean, it's just, it's just multiplying. It's just multiplying. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not adding. You're not going one to one to one. This right. this is multiplying on on two different sides. On top of the, the limited resources you already have mm -hmm. there. And what we found was, um, you know, just like any, um, when you heat up charcoals, uh, you know, you take a blower to it, right? You take the blower and you heat it, it superheats it, it heats it up way faster, right? And you dump your charcoals in. Well, just imagine that on a town size level, yeah. the blower is the wind and it's blowing these houses. And so we're putting big water. I mean, I'm talking about our, our deck gun. Mm -hmm. We have a two and a half inch line. We're putting about 750 gallons a minute on a single home and it's having no effect, no effect. zero. And we, you know, we had our water supply, so, and so we're just pumping water onto these homes, and it's not doing anything because, again, this, this effect that it's having with the wind just fanning the flames and fanning the embers of the home, fanning all that fuel, so all that uh, oxygen is just adding to it. It's just boom, and then that house is done, but by then it's onto the next house already. Consuming. Consuming, and it's just moving and moving, and, and, and we're talking about, you know, within 30 minutes, Oh, half a neighborhood is gone. I was talking with a, a gentleman yesterday who told me, he said it looked like it was rolling, like the fire was in a ball mm. and it was just rolling down the, these neighborhoods, rolling through the streets oh. and just consuming everything in its way. It, it just wouldn't stop. Yeah. And we tried to set up cutoff points, right? So we repositioned, try to get, you know, set up a cutoff point because we're trying to just, let's just stop it. Let's just see if, let's just contain it to this area. And it's, again, you just continually see it just move and then start to spot, right? A lot of people don't understand on spotting. We understand spotting as firefighters, but wind carries embers, can carry an ember, you know, one, two, three miles away, Absolutely. right? Like in these California yes. brush fires, right? Or forest fires. Well, we are seeing those similar effects happen that day where it's still, I would say Malka side of the main highway, Honoapilani, but it's blowing embers and catching houses down on Front Street, which is right next to the ocean. Yeah. You know, we're talking half a mile away. We're talking a mile away. The fire's not even there yet, and we're getting reports of it being down there. We're going, what's going on? Right? And then to see commercial buildings just, again, lighting up very easily. I would have never thought I'd see a five-story apartment complex or a four-story ap apartment complex go down because of, because of all a wildfire, Yeah. right? 
but it did yeah. because Embers found its way into a certain area and bought the building now. I think about, <clears throat> I'm trying to picture what you're describing and it's very hard because no, no words can accurately depict what you and your crews were dealing with that day. Property protection obviously is important, but when you think about the speed in which these fires consumed, the life protection. Yes. People couldn't even get out of the way. Mm -hmm. They couldn't exit in time. Mm -hmm. I can't even, making those decisions about cutting your losses moving forward with property. Okay, we're right. going to have to write this off. Yeah. We're going to put a stand at the next intersection, right? We're going to have to make a stand down the road. Mm -hmm. We're going to, you guys are going to flank it. And like those are on your feet decisions that are happening very quickly yes. because of the speed in which the fire is consuming. Yes. The life safety aspect, uh -huh. applying resources to alerting and getting people out. I can't even imagine how that came to be. You know, where when we got to the, when we, when we transitioned from the wildland, uh, from, from the brush or the wildland aspect to the structural fire, yeah. right when we got on scene uh, into the neighborhood, we were helping people. Sure. With, sure. And we were just pulling them out, right? Yeah. Just pulling them out and trying, just having them head in a direction because we, we I, I, I don't, I cannot stay with you. I, we have to start moving. Yes. But let's get you to a place of safety. And we're just having them walk up you know, the main street, which is Lahaina Luna, or having just I'd walk mountainside, you'll be fine. Because of the wind direction, everything was, was blowing towards the ocean. So the wind's coming off the, Mountain, the mountains, yeah. right? So it should be said that, you know, for me, just driving around for the last two days, Lahaina is on the water. Yes. And then on the other side is the mountains. Yes. And it sweeps up. So yeah. the fire was coming down, the wind was coming off the yes. mountains towards the water. Yeah. So in fact, the only thing that stopped those fires was, was the, the water. water. Mm -hmm. Wow. The only thing that stopped there was the water. And then that's the cutoff point we're trying to make. It should, okay, this is going to blow in this direction, yeah. right towards the water. That's our, our western cutoff, right? So if it's not going to go anywhere from there, let's try and set up then north and south cutoffs, right? So let's just try and keep so it. So it doesn't spread longitudinally. Longi yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Putting yourself I mean, with that wind... 80 to 100 mile an hour gusts. It's a firestorm. It's yes. conflagration. And that's what we started to. That's why we started to call it. And and uh, you know, it's a, it's a firestorm. Firestorm yeah. conditions. Um, and I don't think a lot of people, not not a lot of people, know what a firestorm is. Yeah. Right. And so, um, you know, it's being uh, conflated as a wildfire or just a you know a brush fire. But no, this was a firestorm that yeah. we had. Yeah. Putting yourself in the way of that. We do this all the time as right. firefighters, right? Mm -hmm. We always put ourselves, you know, that cliche saying, we always put ourselves in harm's way, right? We want to put ourselves in between the danger and the life and property protection. Yeah. But I have to think for yourself being a captain of an engine company, mm -hmm. so you have a crew with you mm -hmm. that's operating, you're probably all operating independently because of all the tasks that have to be done. Yeah. So I can only imagine, one, you're trying to keep track of the safety of your own guys yes. as the captain, mm -hmm. as the boss of that engine. But also then you're in this wind tunnel, blowtorch effect. The conditions I'm sure caught you way off guard. I can't imagine <laughs> for the life of you that you could have thought that you would have had conditions like that and to be in the way of it. 
No, you know, I've, again, we've never been in something where we saw smoke laying down, right? Smoke doesn't lay down. We all teach it. We teach it in public education. Smoke rises, right? Smoke goes up. Well, this smoke wasn't going up. It was going uh, horizontally across the ground. And, and, you know, sometimes, like I teach my guys, you know, there's a little trick. You know, if we're in wildland fires, you just take a knee, um, get down underneath the smoke level. You know, catch a few breaths and you can get back in it because we're eating all of this stuff, right? Just take. Oh, there was none of it. There was none of it. I, I immediately instructed my guys to mask up, um, to make sure that they protect themselves. I got myself out of that, um, you know, that immediate IDLH yeah. uh, as, my, as best as best yeah, as I as could, um, while at the same time making sure my guys' safety. You know, and 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 so, you know, I will say we we pushed the boundaries. Uh, we pushed the boundaries of it, and um, that was a conversation we had after, and you know, our, during our own little cruise PIA was, um, did they ever feel uncomfortable with any of the positions that I put them in? Um, as you said, as being a captain, and I'm the one making the decisions, and I'm in charge of the crew, I don't want my crew to ever be like, why are we doing, you know, what's going on? I understand. Um, sure. Because they fear for their safety. Um, but they, you know, my guys were... No, they were lockstep with me every step of the way, all the way. I mean, we stayed out there all the way to the next morning until uh, about 12 o'clock till we got relieved. And even then the guys are like, we can stay, you know, let's work. We can stay. Uh, we had now been up for 30 hours, sure. you know, um, and working, working and working and just working. So, you know, those are one of the things that I, I I'm, I'm glad that they shared that with me. That uh, I just felt, I just hoped that I didn't put them in a precarious situation where they felt for themselves. And again, as an officer, that's your number one thing is, is you know, uh, mitigate the problem and the safety of you guys. Yeah. Right. For sure. Wow. Um, with that, though, the conditions, uh, I mean, you're, we started this conversation talking about the importance of being able to make decisions mm -hmm. in the field. Yeah. Boots on the ground. Right. We can only teach you so much, right. but it's that experience um, and knowledge that you learn throughout your career, which makes you take that type of initiative or to be able to respond to the situation at hand. For your guys, though, I mean, for you to be making decisions in the best interest of your companies, as mm -hmm. well as the public, mm -hmm. with the cards that were dealt and yeah. the conditions you're dealing with, right. bravo, brother. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, it's not, you know, a structural fire, it's a structural fire. We can put our resources to it. It's contained to a structure for the most part, mm -hmm. and we can get to it. This was an, a living, growing, consuming. Yeah. It's, it's nothing that we've, we here on Maui has ever seen, and most firefighters have never seen no. in their life or in, you know, in their career. Um, you know, I just thank my, you know, the, experience I, the experiences I've had. Um, I, like you, I'm, I'm a legacy firefighter. Um, yeah. My dad is a retired rescue captain here in Maui. Um, he started the HAZMAT program. Wow, okay. Um, my brother and I are both firefighters. My brother's also a captain. Um, and then, you know, and as well as myself. And then, you know, where I've worked, my, most of my career was on some of the busiest stations yeah. on the island. And yeah. so um, that, you know, all of that experience has helped me, um, I will say has aided me, plus the training in our department and guys like Chief Amos, you know, with just, um, and our chiefs that just continue to pour out education with us, you know. Of course, we still want more, 
You know, we want more Hungry. training. We want more uh, more knowledge uh, to make sure that we just better ourselves as we as we get, go through our career. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. It really is. I mean, I, I I can't thank you enough for sitting down with me today, telling me about a little bit of your experience that day. Um, in in just thinking about it, I mean. The firefighting side, sure, you know, um, it was it was conditions that have never been seen before. You guys reacted. You couldn't. It was hard to take a proactive stand. You had to take a reactive stand. Yeah. Um, the emotional side for you, mm -hmm. uh, growing up a native of Maui. Mm -hmm. I mean, Lahaina Town is super special. From everybody I talk to, um, they get this glow about them. Mm -hmm. I was talking to a gentleman last night. He's like, I went to school there. My kids went to school there. Um, he was naming off different places that had uh, considerable impact on him growing up and, and then his children's lives. I'm sure you have many of the same stories and experiences. Mm -hmm. um, that day, I'm sure there was no time to focus on any of that, but in the month afterwards now, we're over a month after the fires happened on August 8th, um, when you look back, um, you sit with your crews and you go over things, you hot wash, you talk about mm -hmm. how that day went. But then there's that other side, it's that emotional side, it's that connectivity, it's that cultural side. Hard. It is. Um, Have you had time to really decompress? You know, for, and I can speak for me and my crew, that's something that we do every day. Yeah. We're going to talk every day just because I want us to constantly have this conversation. I don't ever want them to hold anything mm -hmm. in, um, but not only, um, not only at the station as a crew, but we've had... Um, I've, we've had gatherings here. You know, I told my crew less. We had a gathering here uh, with ourselves, with my crew, as well as my old crew, who was, um, their engine burnt. And they, they were one of the guys that, that made it out, right? They, wow. they, they almost, you know, it came to that point. They were texting their family members, like, wow. you know. Um, and that was engine one, and that was, that was my old crew. I used to drive for that crew. That was my, uh, my previous captain and the firefighters and so um, we invited them as well and we just had a time to just sit and talk and just enjoy enjoy this time in this space you know this family uh, this family time but you know for me again um, the way I, I, I just cope with it is through faith yeah. faith is is the number one thing and our pastors always say it right faith is a breeding ground for miracles and so for us for me is to be rooted, I mean, seriously rooted in our faith and give it all to God. Um, you have to be. If not, you start to go, and I've had these conversations with my crew, is they worry about those, um, the quiet times, right? And so everyone tries to cope differently. Yeah. And we hear this all the time in mental health and peer support. I'm just gonna surround myself in work. I'm gonna sign up for all the overtime. I'm gonna do everything to be there. Keep myself occupied. Yes. But that's just, um, it's, you're not solving the problem, right? And so for me, I guess how I, how I, is to just give it to God, right? You got to give him, you got to give it all to him, right? He says, you know, uh, you know, give me, uh, give me all your burdens and I will give you rest. And then, and that's, that's truly what it is. You have to give it all to him. I think that that first week um, when I went to our church that we go to, which is Word of Life, um, Man, I broke down sure. right there on the, on the platform, you know, but I had to have that. That was my decompression, 
that was me surrendering it all. Um, and just to hug and love on people, you know, that's how I did it. But also bring that back with me to the station. Yeah. Pray things out, hug it out, cry it out. I said, guys, we, we got to have these conversations and we're going to have these conversations every day. And we're going to talk about it because I don't want you guys ever to feel that there's nowhere to go because there's always somewhere to go. And so, you know, for our crew, we've, we've been very healthy because we continually have those conversations. We laugh. We, we, we enjoy the time of fellowship. Uh, but not only at work, where that's our home. It's our firehouse, right? It's our second home for most of us firemen, but also outside of that, bringing sure. the families together because that's a part that a lot of people don't see is that our families are dealing with this too. That's it. Right? Our families are dealing with They're this They're watching too. in real time mm -hmm. what's happening. A lot they of them, know you're there. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you heard already, there was no communications. Communications were down, so we didn't get, um, we had no soul service. The only communications that we have was via our, our radios um, that night. And so when we found a pocket, and I'm talking about this is hours after the fire, we found a pocket of service. And things have kind of slowed down a little bit. And we had enough time. We all had enough time to just send like a, a little message just to let them know we're okay. Because on this side, yeah. oh, full service. On this side of full service, so they're just, they're seeing and they're hearing all of these things and they're, they're like, what is going on? And then on top of that, they're trying to call or, or text and they're getting no response. So when we had that, that, that little opportunity to just send something, you know, I love you, that just reassured them, you know, that we're okay. Yeah. Part of what I wanted to focus on Sebi and I as we travel and do these projects you know one of the one of the things that really resonated with me in talking with um, firefighters and people that are involved um, you know with what happened here part of it is this public trust in us that we're gonna take care of all their needs when they call us yeah um, what the public doesn't understand is that our loved ones at home might be dealing with a similar situation. I'm sure there were members that had lost family members. I'm sure there's members that lost properties mm -hmm. during these fires. And as they're out serving the public they're sworn to protect, mm -hmm. their own home is being consumed. Mm -hmm. They're worrying about their own loved ones trying to get out. Yeah. That part of the story, um, for me, is important to kind of talk about a little bit because it's such an emotional pull on our people. How do you work on behalf of the public when your own home and family can be at risk? It's hard. It, it, it is, um, but I, I, you know, it's one of those things as firemen where it's what we do, mm -hmm. right? Um, we're signed up, it's time to work. And, and like you said, so I, I'm the president of our, of our Maui Firefighters Relief Association and yeah. we're we're helping some of those firefighters, but we have 15 Maui firefighters who lost their homes. Yep. We have two uh, airport firefighters who lost their homes. We have four lifeguard members who, who have lost their homes. We have two AMR or um, EMS members who right. have lost their homes. And I believe we had nine police officers. Wow. And on top of that, retired firefighters, right, who have lost their homes. And, you know, that question comes up all the time, but we have no time to think about our own. 
I get it. But I think what you said and the reason why I wanted to bring that up was when you happen to find that moment, that pocket where you could educate your own family, just let your family know that you're thinking of them, mm -hmm. that you love them and that you're safe, that message goes a long way because your wife, your children, your whoever's at home for you is watching in real time what's happening mm -hmm. and they can't get in touch with you. They can't talk with you. That is an emotional toll on your family. It is. Um, when I seen friends from, from all over, um, I mean, it was even just as small as me just liking a comment yeah. that they said they knew I was okay. You know, um, one friend said, um, my wife posted a prayer and said, hey, everybody, you know, let's pray together. Let's come into agreement. For we know when two or more come into agreement, there, you know, there he is in the midst of it. And so she said, let's come into agreement. Let's pray. And um, one of my friends shared, she said, I was waiting for you to come in. I was waiting for you to say something or, or just even like it or heart it or whatever. And you hadn't. And, I was, and that's what was, she was waiting for that, right? Yeah. Um, you know, because a lot of people, they know we're busy. So they're not going to try and call. But they're using other methods, being resourceful of how can, um, I just want to make sure you're okay. And so it wasn't until I came, when we got released, we got relieved um, because we're coming on the next day. So when we got relieved and we were coming around the mountain and I finally made it onto this side, that's when my phone just went off, right? You know, 80 something messages and, and, and all of these things. And um, that's when I had service. That's when I could actually call, you know? So uh, first call was, was to my wife, you know? And that was an emotional one, you know? Just, uh, just letting her know. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. Faith is important to you? Yeah. It's getting you through? Oh, big time. Big time. We've, we've been blessed. Um, we've had our pastors actually come down, our head pastor. She's been coming down and uh, uh, just ministering to us because it's, it's just so important, so important. And, you know, one of the things that, um, like you, we, we talked about family. So we have a lot of our family members who lost their homes. And, um, you know, to have that powerful ministry to, to just say, we got you, God has you. And he's going to take care of you. He's going to bless you. And so because of that support system, because of our faith, because of being rooted in our faith, these same families served at church. They didn't just attend church, but they served. And that spoke, spoke volumes because people were like, you know, people who ended up coming, you know, service was packed. And, and then they see these people who lost their homes serving. Yeah. And they're like, how can you be doing this right now? And all we have, we have one, just one answer. God. I love it. Yeah, that's him. I know how important faith is, uh, your heritage, mm -hmm. the culture that's here. And I believe firmly that that is what's going to get you guys back on track. And, uh, and I know you believe, and I know you surrender to God yeah. just through this conversation. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I know how important that is. Uh, thank you. Thanks for sharing that with no, me. No, thank you. Um, I wish you nothing but absolute love and success mm -hmm. with everything going forward, with your family, with your brothers and sisters that are going through this trauma, the loss, yeah. and for yourself. You know, sitting down today and talking about this with me, I'm sure it was a leap of faith for you to do that. <laughs> um, and I thank you for that because I recognize that. But yeah. um, an incredible story. Yeah. And uh, I am sitting here in awe of you mm -hmm. and of most um, that I've met here 
the spirit cannot be extinguished. It, it cannot. And, you know, that's one thing I continually share. So we have a saying from Lahaina Luna. It's, um, and it, it actually speaks of that area, that, that we are that um, everlasting torch, that everlasting light that can never be blown out by any wind. And it's, a, it's actually part of the Lahaina Luna alma mater. Um, but, you know, it comes from, from brotherhood like this. You know, it comes from family support. Aloha is such an extension. It's, it's such a, it's just one single word that can be, that is hard to be defined because it just, it speaks volumes, yes. right? Of love and, and, and aloha and to care for and to be there. Um, and so, and we felt that as, a, as people from Maui, people from Lahaina, Maui Fire Department, you know, we've had our brotherhood from all over the world, you know, say, how can we help? We want to help. And, and, and I mean, I'm talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, being poured in by, by just our brotherhood, by just other fire yeah. departments. Yeah. You know, and, and to see that, I mean, again, doesn't matter where you go, where you go in the world, the, our firefighter brotherhood, sisterhood is unmatched. You know, I would agree. Right, so I would match. agree. Thank you, brother. Yeah, I appreciate you so much for Mom. sitting down with me today, to inviting us to your home, Thank which you. is beautiful. Um, <laughs> and uh, man, I look forward to a long friendship ahead. Definitely. And um, I definitely will be circling back and checking in on you and, and making sure that you know progress is being made. And yeah. uh, you keep staying in love with the job. Always. Love your family. Love God. Always. And things will be good. Yes. Amen. Good, brother. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Mahalo. I appreciate you. Yeah. Aloha. Good. Thank you. Uh, Are you comfortable with that? Oh, yeah. Can I get a hug at least? Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. <laughs> that was awesome. Really? Yeah, I appreciate you sharing with me. Next time on Maui Firestorm. You are directly involved mm -hmm. with a lot of the aftermath of the fires, if you will. The community was here long before the fires and the, the helping one another, you know, neighbor helping neighbor, if you will. But after the fact, even more so, the stories that have been shared with me about everybody needed and wanted to get involved to help their neighbors. Be an island person. It is a different view of, your, of yourself in the place that you are. You see the end of your world, so you have to get along because that's all that's here. And proof of that is all the different hubs yes. for help that came up in the various communities right. because, you know, 10 of us get together. Okay, let's have a place where people can come and get what they need. Right. And that happened all over. Right. A certain agency came in and the people will go for help. They ask, I need your identification, your driver's license. Right. And they said, we don't have any, it burned in the fire. And they said, we can't help you without identification. But here, these people are already in trauma. Yeah. And, and hear that, and, and they just clam up. They don't know what to do, and they walk away. When bureaucracy takes over humanity, we have a problem. I didn't know anything. How would we, I guess, right? Unless we immersed ourselves like we are right now. Mm -hmm. and, but if I didn't have this opportunity, I don't. How would I know? You'd be like a tourist instead of someone who wants to come to Hawaii to know Hawaii. But what I would like people to know Please. is we certainly would love to have people come and enjoy Hawaii the same way we do. We just ask that you come as if it is your home. 
And I think we have an obligation if we're going to tell the stories of what happened here through the eyes of the firefighters and the, the people that were directly involved with the fires, it's important to get this piece too mm -hmm. so that people understand that it, it is not just a community that burned. You know what I think? I think no matter where a person from Hawaii goes, Hawaii is always home.